Good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Songwriter said it's just another day that the Lord has kept us. And I for one am mighty glad about it. Uh, we are happy to be here tonight on another episode of For Such a Time as This, The Time Is Now. Reverend John Mason, Reverend G. Lewis Tillman in the orange. Sister Janice is not with us tonight, but she will be returning with us here upcoming. We are happy to be back tonight for another episode of For Such a Time as This, The Time Is Now. And we apologize about the late start, but for about 20 to 30 minutes, we have been trying to get online. And so God has opened up the airways for us to be here while the devil tried to block us getting here. So we are thankful and grateful to be here again. We just thank God for his goodness, his grace, and his mercy. Um, we're actually anxious and excited to share again on tonight. So we're going to ask Reverend John Mason if he would lead us into a word of prayer. And then we'll seek to see what God has to say through what he's already said in his red word. Reverend Mason. Hey, Father, we come before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Uh, as always, Father, we say thank you, Father. Thank you, God. For what you have done. And thank you for who you are. Yes, God. Uh, we thank you for another opportunity tonight, Lord, to represent you and to uh, expound on your word. And Yes, God. And we pray, Father, that not only we'll be blessed by what will be said tonight and, and what you have uh, have given us to say, uh, but that somebody else, Father, may be inspired and encouraged and uh, uh, just have that uh, willing heart, Lord, just to want to go on and uh, do exactly what you call us to do, Father. Yes, especially in this day and age. So, my God, we ask you tonight, Lord, for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, we'll be able to uh, expound on your word to the point to where um, a little child can understand it, Father. And we ask you with the Spirit's help tonight that He would lead us and guide us into all truth. Yes, Father, we believe it's already done. So we give you praise and glory for it in advance, Father, because we know the victory is already won. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen again. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Mason. Again, we're happy to be here on tonight to share with you all, those who will join, those who have joined, those who may watch it later on. Thank God for another day. Good evening, Sister Barbara. Thank you for joining us on tonight for our podcast. Um, tonight, as you see scrolling across the screen, 
We're going to look at Psalms 119, verses 9 through 16. And we want to talk about the importance of God's word. Um, some time ago, Reverend Mason, we did a podcast entitled, Why Isn't God Interesting Anymore? And we came to the conclusion that it's not that God is not interesting. It's just that there are a lot of people not interested in God. When you think about God, that ought to blow your mind. When you hear the name God itself and you automatically, your mind automatically takes you upward as in looking towards heaven, even when you're looking straight, you you think about God. You think about everything we see. We think about the unknowns about God, what we do know about God. Um, Reverend Mason, Sister Barbara Ingham, one of the members of the church said, good afternoon, good evening. Good afternoon, Sister Barbara. Um, we think about who he is, and of course, we know what we know about him. And a lot of times, you and I be in conversation, you be like, well, people really don't know God. We know him to a point, but do we understand him? No. Do we? Can we figure him out? No. Can we put him here and say, this is where he is? No. We know what he reveals to us through his word about himself. Right. Um, he says in his words, as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways and thoughts above your ways and your thoughts. So we, we know what we know about God. Yeah. We know he's omniscient. We know he's omnipresent. We know he's omnipresent. I mean, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. He's all-powerful, he's everywhere at the same time, and he knows everything. So when I look at the first four words of Genesis, I'm floored right there. Right. Because it says, in the beginning, God. I mean, I, I have to stop right there on the fourth word. Because I'm like, okay. And it's not doubt what I think. It's just honesty. Like, okay, in the beginning, God, where did he come from? <laughs> How did he do everything he did? I know the Bible says he spoke and this happened and that happened. But you wonder where in the world did God come from? And back in my days of growing up, I heard a preacher say, don't worry about where God came from because everything came from God. So when you look at this world, you know that there is a God. You can't get around that. I think that word is axiomatic, that it's evident that there is a God somewhere. And we're not talking about little G-gods, but we're talking about the supreme ruler 
of it all. And so when you just look at everything that you know about him, even how he look, how he sets in eternity and he watches us in time. When you look at how he knows everything that's going to come to pass, when you look at how he knows our thoughts before we think them, when he, when we look at how he knows everything that's going to happen and where we're going to be tomorrow this time if we're still here, and all the things that he does, all the things that he's capable of doing, Mason, why aren't people interested in this awesome God? Well, I would say with confidence and surety that the main reason why people are not interested in God because we've been distracted by so many other things that has captured uh, our attention. And, and, and so we have been bombarded with all of these different things. And, uh, and these things seem to be more interesting to us than what God is. Now, you would think that God would be more interesting. Well, if you think about it, the only way things or people become interesting to us is when we spend time to get to know the person or the thing. And so if you're not spending a lot of time <laughs> investigating and, and uh, discovering uh, how awesome this God is, and we don't have a problem using his word, awesome, uh, because anytime you use that word awesome, it only refers to God. It can't refer to anything anybody else does because there's nobody else that's more awesome than what God is. And so we use that word sort of loosely and we shouldn't do that because uh, that word can only uh, fit the definition for him because he's all of that. Uh, and the reason why he doesn't seem interesting to us is really our own fault because we haven't tried to find out how interest, interesting he is. Uh, if, if you look at everything else that's been a distraction to us, and, and if everybody was to think about it right now, how much time are you spending in the things that you are interested in and then look at how much time you're spending in uh, the things of God. And it'll tell you whichever one that you're spending the most time with is going to be the one that dominates and control your life. And you may not admit it, but you don't have to. All you have to do is just look at the time that's being spent in whatever you're doing, whether it's the job, whether it's the family, whether it's the video games, the, the, the cell phone, Facebook, uh, you know, all of these social media sites. All you have to do is look at these social uh, social media sites or where you're spending the majority of your time. And then that will determine what you're interested, interested in the most. It will make itself evident to you. And so one of the reasons that I would say 
And the main reason I would say is why God seems like he's not interesting to us for us to sacrifice and spend the same type of time that we spend with these other things is because we are distracted by these other things uh, more than we are attracted <laughs> to godly things. So there's a distraction to mess with the attraction. Yes, sir. You said something about spending time with someone or something that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Well, the way to spend time with God is through his word. That's how you get to know this God that a lot of people are not interested in. Mm -hmm. And hence you see the title, the importance of God's word. His word had so many importances, but as Reverend Mason said, you got to spend time with God to be interested in God. And the only way to spend time with God, or one way to spend time with God is through his word. Another way is through prayer and meditation. Mm -hmm. But tonight we want to talk about the importance of God's word. Because if you don't spend time in his word, then you're not spending time getting to know him. If you don't spend time in his word, of course, he's not interesting to you. And I've said this before. I'll say it until I can't say it no more. Even though some people, excuse me, aren't necessarily interested in God, Reverend Mason, they are aware of God and know about God. And a lot of times what happens is the only time they need God is when they need God, even though they don't know they really need God. Because without God, and see, this ought to interest you in him, the Bible tells us that in him we live, we move, and we have our being. That ought to make you interested in him right there. The only reason you're here is because of him. And the way you get to know him, the way he communicates with you, the way you develop that relationship is through his word. And God's word is extremely important. God's word is the way a Christian lives their lives. And somebody will say, well, y'all good Christian people. Sometimes y'all a bit hypocritical. I'm not going to get on my soapbox tonight, Mason. (laughs) I'm not. I'm just going to say, before you put your mouth on how a Christian lives, try to live the Christian life. Right. Before you tell us how bad we are, how much we don't do, you try to live this Christian life. Here's me if I try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back. But give him an honest try. Because see, trying to live by the word of God is beneficial, Mm -hmm. but it's not always easy. It should be one of the easiest things in the world to do. 
because of what was done for us, but because we reside and we live and we're wrapped up in this stuff called flesh, and there's a constant battle going on. Uh, the best way to put it so some people can understand it is that little devil over here and the angel over here. They, they, they say, no, don't go. Yeah, go. No, don't say that. Go ahead and tell them. Man, don't do that. And you know you want to do it. There's a constant tug of war. You're constantly being pulled. And sometimes we go with the angel. Sometimes, unfortunately, yeah, and it's all decisions. We go with the devil. But through it all, we have a way to get back to God. Mm -hmm. And that's by adhering to his word. We, we, as long as we adhere to his word, we'll be all right. And, and a part of us adhering to his word, Mason, is when we fall, when we come up short, we go to the word. The word says, if we confess our sins, stop right there. To confess your sin is to admit you did wrong and to admit what you was doing was wrong in the sight of God. Right. To confess your sin means that you agree with God. That's what confess means in its correct connotation. It means to agree with God. This thing that I did that I shouldn't have done, God says is wrong. I did it. So what I've got to do, since I did what God told me not to do, I've got to restore the fellowship that I broke because of my disobedience. God, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to turn the corner and go where we are, but this is just so much, Mason. You know how this thing oh, I gets. Agree. I agree. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so the word of God we need it every day, Mace. The word of God is what keeps us. It is what holds us. And this might be one of them things where we don't get out the introduction. Yes, the word of God, Mason, is so needed, powerful, right. A lot of times it's misunderstood because people don't get into it and study it. Mm -hmm. But his word is, I like what George Myers called, named her ministry, life in the word. She said there's life in the word, which again, if you flip that record over, that means there's death outside of the word. Good sure. to see you, Sister Miller. So the word of God is important to us in so many ways, Mason. It's important for our well-being. It lets us know the word of God will show you who you are and who you're not. The Bible said, let a man take heed lest he fall. You can thank you somewhere. And get into this word, and the word will show you you know where near you think you are. Mm -hmm. The word of God is vitally important. Go ahead, sir. My 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 question is, uh, or should I say, my statement is this here. Um, 
at the beginning uh, of this podcast, we, we talked about uh, not knowing who God is. We really don't know God. And, and, and if you think about it over time, you, you look at uh, the importance of God's word. And you remember back in the day uh, when we were all in church those days, on, uh, and especially those Sundays, where we knew we were going to be in church all day, sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the way, you know, through that week, you know, there would be revivals going on. You would be in church uh, most through the week. And uh, prayer meeting, they call it prayer meeting. They didn't call it Bible study. Even though you had Bible study, it was mainly mainly midweek prayer sure. meeting, mm-hmm. the way they call it, prayer service. That's what they call it. And, uh, and back then, people would come to church uh, with no problem. Uh, even if they had busy schedules, a lot of them still found a way as, as uh, the, the word says, they would press their way, regardless of whatever they had to do, they would press their way to be in that service. And so when you, when you think about uh, how important Bible study is, uh, Sunday school is, and just getting the the teaching of the word of God. Uh, I think the Christian don't understand that importance. And the reason why I say that is because why are we starving ourselves when we don't have to? Mm. Why are we why are we suffering from biblical malnutrition when we don't have to. While we're depriving our spirit of what it needs in order to give us the strength that we need to have in order to be victorious in a world that's totally against us. What is our problem with eating the word of God? It's food. It's spiritual food to our souls. Why do we don't want, why, why we don't want, you, you, you think about it, when you get hungry physically and you want something to eat, well, you're going to go get you something to eat. And the longer you wait, the hungrier you're going to be. Your stomach's growling real loud. You know, you can hear it. Other people can hear it, you know, because you're hungry. You want something to eat and you want to eat something to satisfy that hunger. What's happened to the hunger of God's people to where we're not as hungry as we used to be for his word? If your favorite food was a steak, a T-bone steak, and however you like to cook, you would want that steak no matter what. And you would want that steak cooked exactly how you like it. And you don't want it any other way. And you would try to do everything you could to get that steak so it can satisfy your taste or that craving that you had for that steak. Where's the craving for the word of God? 
while we're not trying to satisfy ourselves with that word, are we not hungry enough for it now? To where when we say Bible study, everybody, oh man, that's a chance for me to, to be fed with the word of God. You know, I'm, I'm going. But we've let other things, as before, distract us. That is. And pull us away from what, not what we want, but exactly what we need and have to have. We have to have the word of God. There's no, there's no alternative. There's no other choice. We've got to have it. And you've seen what has happened to us as church people when we don't get that or when we are not participating in. You got to almost beg people or bribe people to come out to the church house in order to be fed. You know, you, you got to tell them we're selling hot dogs and and frying chicken and, and hot fish, you know, just to get them on the church grounds and stuff. Uh, that always seems to work. We have a big turnout when we do things like that. But if singing. we just say, yeah, exactly. Big popular singing, exactly. But if we say, well, just come uh, to the church, you know, we're going to pray, you know, the world's in bad shape and, you know, I'm pretty sure your families are in uh, certain uh, having certain problems and uh, we just need to pray and uh, just going to intercessory prayer, you know, and, and we can't get them to come out. It's like, well, I got something better to do than that. I go shopping. Yeah, well, that's true. That's good. Gotta go <laughs> going to the ball game. Yeah, exactly. All of those other things are distractions. And, and the sad thing is, is this. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, the ball games, the shopping, and, and different things like that. Well, those things are okay. And, and the sad thing is, and this is where we get we get tricked up at. These things are okay. God doesn't have the problem with us going to a ball game either for ourselves or with the family or supporting someone in the family that even plays in those ball games. He doesn't have a problem with us doing that. But see, sometimes you could be doing all of the right things and neglecting the main thing. See, you could be doing all these good things right here and not even sinning. But those things will take you away from what is required for you. And you can't neglect it. And sometimes we think, well, I'm doing the right thing. Uh, I'm out here and I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah, but you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You must prioritize things in a way to where you have that balance between those things that you're doing that's right and the main thing that you need to be doing. There has been, and we're going to get to the scripture, I promise y'all. <laughs> there, there has been a falling away of Christians. And on one end, and the Bible tells us not to judge another man's servant. But I know someone that said we're not judges, we're fruit inspectors. 
The Bible says you will know a tree by the fruit that it bears. And it's not as of late, it doesn't seem to be a lot of trees bearing fruit. Hmm. Seems to be like a lot of fig trees not bearing fruit. Um, Before the pandemic, church attendance was shaky from time to time, except for in a lot of these big mega churches. They, They always got their crowds. Right. But these little small churches, ones that don't have the mega crowds, their attendance was kind of shaky. And sure enough, when COVID hit after COVID, folks were talking about how ready they were to get back in church. And when it was time to get back in church, they never got back in church. Hence, they did not have that hunger for the word of God. Because if the truth be told, the only time some people are going to deal with the word of God is when they go to church. What keeps people away is their own decisions. And whether they're distractions or what, it's still a decision to allow the distractions to distract you from where you should be and from what you should be doing. So herein it lies. If God is not important to you until you need him, you really don't care about God. Because you put into what you care about. You make some type of investment into it. And I say this oftentimes at church, and I hadn't said it, I think, until last Sunday or Maybe I said it on Bible study. If God can stop by your house seven days a week and wake you up, at least you can stop by his house one day a week and tell him thank you. But some people aren't interested in God. And if they are not interested in God, then they're definitely not interested in God's word. And God's word is what keeps the Christian. It what encourages it's what encourages the Christian. It will lift the Christian up. You can find what you need in God's word. And, and where we're headed tonight is one of the longest books in the Bible, Psalms, or one of the longest chapters in the Bible, some people. Really not a chapter, it's just a psalm. It's Psalm 119. It's 176 verses. Each verse starts with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So there are 22 stanzas of eight verses each in this word of God. And in this word tonight, we want to look at the importance of God's word. And when it starts off, you'll see that God's word is a cleansing agent. Now, the first eight verses talks about being blessed. Mm -hmm. That when you adhere to God's word, there is a blessing that follows or accompanies your obedience. But chapter 9 starts off with a question that says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? So we want to look at the fact tonight, one of the importances of God's word 
is that this a cleansing agent? Cleansing agent? Yeah, we were dirty with sin. We were jacked up. We were messed up. Jesus said, I have cleansed you through the word. So tonight, let's let's look at um, Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. Uh, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. Amen. How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed unto the word of God. Now, when we look at this mason, the word of God here tonight is important for telling us how to clean up some stuff. Right. All of us, before we came to Christ, were messed up. All of us were dirty in sin. All of us, and you said it, and I repeat it from time to time, people, once they get saved, all of a sudden, they testifying about how they were in such a miserable life of sin for so long. And we know that that's the fact that sin, sin is miserable because it costs Jesus his life. Right. Sin is miserable from the fact that God hates sin, but he loves the sinner but he doesn't want us to stay in our sins. That's why he gave us a way out. Mm -hmm. But if the sin was so miserable, why would you stay in a, stay in a state of misery for so long? Right. Now, when you look at Psalms 119 here in this ninth verse, it says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? Young people, they have no, not all of them, but a lot of them have no desire to know who God is. A lot of them are out doing whatever they want to do. A lot of them are just living what they call their best life. A lot of them are doing their own thing. But this young man came to a point to where he apparently he examined his life. And that, that's something right there that a lot of people don't do, Reverend Mason, is take a self-examination. <laughs> they don't look at themselves. And when they do, they look at themselves in comparison to somebody else. Right. The wrong measuring stick. Yeah, well, yes. You want to compare yourself to somebody, compare yourself to Jesus. Yeah. That, that's, that's the measuring stick right there you need to measure by because you can always say you do something better than me or I can always say I do something better than you, but mm -hmm. none of us do anything better than Jesus. Exactly. We all come short. Every time. Yes, sir. 
And for this young man to say, he said, how can a young man cleanse his ways? Or better yet put, how can a young man purify his life? Only the pure in heart shall see God. A dirty person won't see God. A person who lives their own way won't see God. A person who lives in their best sinful life, a person who has the, uh, the audacity to say, I can do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, for whatever reason I want to do it, for whatever length of time I want to do it, and still go to heaven. No, baby, don't, don't get caught slipping. <laughs> don't get caught with your work undone. God's word will clean you up. He, he says that how can a young man cleanse his ways? First thing he's got to do, Reverend Mason, he's got to heed to the word of God. Right. Not just hear the word. James said, be not hearers of the word, but be ye doers. He has to do what the word of God says. Right. Go ahead, sir. Oh, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, if we're going to ever um, get ourselves cleaned up, you, you, you think about it. Um, one of the things that, that we do uh, a lot of time in, in churches is that when a person gets saved, and uh, come to church uh, if they're not dressed right uh, if they got some some shortcomings uh, we try to clean them up mm. instead of letting the word clean them up uh, by the things we say uh, by the things we we're, we do uh, but he tells us right here that if a person is going to be cleansed, which means in order to be clean, you must be dirty. Uh, so if you're dirty and you need to be clean, he says the best way is through God's word. Um, Jesus talked about that, too, uh, over in the book of John uh, 15 and 3. Uh, he wants us to be clean through his word. Um, if if we're in the the dirty stage, so to speak, <laughs> uh, and 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 we have to look at look at this thing in a realistic way. Um, over in First uh, Corinthians two and fourteen, uh, talks about the natural man. Uh, cannot receive the things of God uh, or the things of the spirit, spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Uh, and to him, neither can he know them because they're they are spiritually discerned. So the first thing that a person has to do before they can start being clean, cleansed by the word of God, they got to first of all accept Christ as Lord and Savior because the word of God is spiritual. And the only one that's going to understand the word of God is that he has to be a saved person. He, he has to be uh, unnatural. He has to be supernatural. Because it says the natural man or 
the man who hasn't accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, the man who's never been born again, he can't understand uh, the word of God to begin with. And so when we start right there at the beginning of the person that needs to be uh, born again before he can get cleansed by the word, uh, he first of all have to accept Christ. And then after that, that's where the cleansing of the word comes in. Uh, and, and most of us, if we're not getting the word, and if you look at uh, a lot of people that, that get saved, and wonder why they they go back in the world a lot of times we'll say oh they wouldn't say to begin with you know i'm like okay uh how do you know that for sure uh, we have to make people uh disciples uh if, if you notice jesus uh whenever he would call the disciples you know he would say follow me follow me uh, once they accepted the call the next thing he did was that he started teaching them we're teaching them what teaching them the word he started teaching them they became uh the learned ones that was under his mentorship under his teachings uh they call him master they call him rabbi you know because he was the teacher he had to teach them uh the word and here you got the living word teaching them the written word and that's what we need today if we're going to be cleansed by the word of god well you got to be in the spiritual position to understand the word of god and so and that's that's where we're we're at today when it comes down to the word of God that's going to clean us. And he says that's the only way he, if you notice he didn't give anything else to be cleansed that we can be cleansed by. He said it's only by the word of God. So if you're not getting the word of God, then that means you're still dirty. So we need to start cleaning ourselves up by getting more word, as, as much word as we can get. But look what he said. He said by taking heed mm -hmm. to the word of God. Right. See, a lot of people hear the word. Yeah. And James told us specifically, he said, don't just be a hearer of the word, mm -hmm. but be a doer of the word. So he says, how can a young man clean his way? He says, by taking heed to the word of God. And in order to hear the word of God, you either got to get in the word of God and read it yourself, or you have to put yourself in a position where it's being taught correctly. Right. Because everybody dealing with the word of God is not skilled to deal with the word of God. Right. That everybody's not teaching sound doctrine. And then in verse 10, he goes on and he says this right here. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Now, as you read Psalms 119, about every verse has to deal with the word of God. 
Right. But the, there will be synonyms to words. You'll hear things like the words. You'll hear way and ways. You'll hear law. You'll hear precepts. You'll hear statutes. You'll hear commandments. You'll hear judgments. Or you'll hear ordinances. But all of these refer to God's word. And he says, with my whole, so I'm sorry, what you say now? I say that's true. Yes, sir. He said, with my whole heart, not part of my heart, not a portion of it. And see, that's where a lot of us mess up. At. A lot of us only give God a portion of our heart. Newsflash, breaking news, talking to myself. God don't want a piece of our heart. He want our whole heart. Yes, sir. I remember uh, this secular group called Guy, G-U-Y, Teddy Riley, Aaron Hall, and the other Hall. Boy, they had this song that said, you can have a piece of my love. I remember that. So you can't have all of it, just a piece of it. Uh -huh. God didn't give us a piece of his love. He gave us all of his love. <laughs> he gave us the best that he had. And so we ought to give God our all also. He said, oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. And here's your verse right here, Mason, verse 11. Thy word, whose word? God's word. Now, I know she ain't on, but a lot of people still hold on to Oprah's word. <laughs> not Dr. Phil's word. I'll probably get in trouble right here, but not, in, not Farrakhan's word. Not the word of the Muslim, not the word of the Hindu, Shindu, Jehovah Witnesses, but the word of God. Mm -hmm. See, everybody else's word is fleeting. But God says his word. <laughs> he says the grass withers, the flowers will fade. Mm -hmm. But the word of our God alone shall stand forever. He said when everything else has passed away, his word will be the only thing left standing. Yes, sir. He says, thy word, watch this, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against it. Now, God's word is important, so it needs to be heeded. God's word is important. It also needs to be hid. Hid? What you mean hid? That's what the scripture says, right? Thy word have I hid in my heart. Right. That word hid doesn't actually mean hid in the sense of hiding per se. It means to be treasured or to be stored up. And anything you treasure, you'll hide it away. Like some of us have had loved ones that had sticky fingers or loved ones that got addicted to drugs or alcohol. We've had loved ones that when they came by the house, we put stuff away so they wouldn't find it. God's word needs to be put away so that when you need it, you can call upon it. He says, that word have I hid in my heart. And I like what Warren Wisby says here. Now watch this, Mason. Now G. Campbell Morgan said this right here. He says, it tells us of, God's word tells us of the best book, the word of God. He says, it tells us the best place to put it in our hearts. And he says, he tells us the best purpose to put it there so we might not sin against it. I like that. He said the best book is the word of God. The best place to put it is in our heart. 
the best purpose to put it there is so we might not sin against it. So, and you know that that makes a lot of sense because when when I'm, I'm looking at what uh, the psalmist builds upon, I'm, li I'm looking. I'm, when I hear this, I'm listening at what he builds upon. Uh, when we say is that uh, he talks about heeding, heeding the word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm looking at when he, when he says heed, he means to give serious attention to warnings and advice and uh, uh, some of the uh, the realities uh, or facts or situations uh, when you're living your life and you're experiencing this incident in this situation and that situation uh he's telling us to give serious attentions to uh these different warnings in reality and and all of these things that we are confronted with every day uh he's telling us to be careful and precautious and these things that we're uh facing every day that the way that we're able to deal with these things is through the word of God. Because see, there, there's no other way for us because we're living a certain lifestyle. We're living a certain way. And so in order to have or to know how to live this way, we have to have the word of God. If, it's like if, if, if I can have my car, I just bought a brand new car. And I'm I'm driving this car, but there are some problems that might come up in the process of me driving the car. All right. Uh, I may not know how to fix the problem, but if I go to the manual, the manual is going to tell me uh, what that problem may be. And so I have this owner's manual to find out exactly what's going on with the car so that I can get it repaired. Now, without the, the owner's manual, I'm going to have to take the car to uh, some mechanic somewhere and, and let them fix it. But when you uh, have this owner's manual and it has the answers in it to how you should live and and how to deal with this issue and, and that problem. Uh, if you have that, then why not use that in order to know exactly how God wants us to live our lives? You know, somebody said that's our that's our owner's manual. That's our our guidebook. It shows us what we should do. And, and how we should live our lives. But if you don't know what's in the book, hmm. you won't know how to live what's in the book. That's it. So he says, the word of God is important. It's a cleaning agent. If we heed it, if we hide it. But watch this, Mason, in verse number 13. He says, with my lips... I have declared all thy judgments of thy mouth. 
Not only do we need to heed it, not only do we need to hide it, now we need to herald it. <laughs> mm -hmm. As preachers, that's all we do. We just pro we just speak in somebody else's message. If if the word of God has helped clean you up, you ought to tell somebody. Now, this is one of those times where we can say, Mason, it is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he'll do for you. He will clean you up if you want to be clean. <laughs> that's definitely, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah that, that, that's one of those times. He will clean you up if you want to be clean. But the problem is, Mason, is a lot of people enjoy the dirt. Yeah. A lot of people enjoy what they're doing. They don't see nothing wrong with their lifestyle. They say, God loved me just the way I am. Yeah, no. He loved you. He don't love the sin that you do. Right. People dying every day. Um, up in your city, young man was on his way to church Sunday morning, Mason. Died on his way to church. Headed to church. Died on the way to church. That was that uh, minister of music you was telling me about, right? Yes, sir. Just talked with the pastor that night before. Pastor told him what he wanted to do. He told him he was going to do it. You don't know. Right. So since you don't know. See, when it comes to life, life is certainly full of uncertainties. It's true. Life is certainly full of uncertainties. But the one certainty you can be assured of is death. And God's word even tells us what to do to prepare for death. Because there is, death is not all there is. Death is not all I wrote a song and haven't found anybody to sing it yet, Mason. But the name of that song is Death Is Coming. And the hook or the refrain of that song is this right here. Death is coming. Yes, it's true. Will you be ready when it comes for you? True. It's coming. It's got your name on it. I agree. Hebrews 9, 27 said, we got an appointment with death. And so since we have an appointment with death and since God's word is so important, since it will cleanse us. Remember when Jesus got ready to wash the disciples' feet, Peter like, hold up, no, Lord. <laughs> you ain't washing my feet. You'll never wash my feet. The Lord said, Peter, if I don't wash, I won't have nothing to do. Peter said, hey, don't stop there. He just hook me up all over. Yeah. Wash my hole. Just give me a yeah, bath. Just, just bathe me. Peter, the Lord said, no, nah, Peter, you, you don't need that type of wash. See, what some people don't understand is there's what's called a Lutron washing and there's what's called a Nipto washing. Mm -hmm. The Lutron washing was when we were washed from our sins. Right. The Nipto washing is when we go back and confess our sins on a daily basis. So as children of God, we've already been washed with our Lutron washing. We just have to daily keep taking nipto washings. Mm -hmm. 
And see, that, that's what the word of God does. It cleanses us. What did he say in 1 John 1 and 8? If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and do what? And cleanse us from all that's unrighteousness. Right. That's right. So the word of God is a cleansing agent. Again, Jesus said, I have cleansed you through the word. Ain't that something, Mason? Folk don't, folk don't want to take a bath in God's word. <laughs> They'd rather stay dirty with the world. Lord have mercy. Just a bath in the words will clean you throughout eternity. But to stay dirty in the world will condemn you throughout eternity. All because you refuse God's cleaning agent. So he says, and it says that the word of God is important. It's a cleansing agent if you heed to the word. Right. If you hide it in your heart. Well, I need to hide it in my heart. It's stored up there. So, because your Bible ain't going to always be with you. Your cell phone's not going to always be with you. Your tablet, your iPad ain't going to always be with you. You have it on the inside. So I can recall some scripture. You can recall the Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Yeah, I will help you. Yes, I will strengthen you. Yeah, I'll uphold you with the right hand of thy right. You can recall Isaiah 54.17, No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. You can recall Psalms 23.1-6, The Lord is my shepherd. And dwell with me in the house of the Lord forever. That one through six. I just gave you the short verse. You can recall some stuff when you got the words stored up in your heart. Exactly. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah, you no weapon again. What what can separate? Who can separate? Nothing can separate. When it's stored up in your heart. I remember I went to a revival one time. And I sat on the road beside this seasoned saint, Mason. Mm -hmm. And the preacher got ready to, and I was, I was still, I would say, kind of new in the ministry. And the preacher got ready to read from the Bible. So I had my Bible, so I slid over beside her and said, you can look with me. This little old lady said, no, nah, that's all right. I, I don't need it. And as the preacher started reading, she started reciting. I said, Lord have mercy. She knew it word for word because mm -hmm. she put it in her heart. Right. Just like you're a walking podcast, she was a walking Bible. <laughs> she, she didn't need the Bible. She, she, she had it stored up in her mm -hmm. so much so that she knew the word word for word. And that, that's a good place for any Christian to be. It is. It's to know God's word. Right. To have it in here. Why? Because that's the best place. Because out of the abundance of the heart, mm -hmm. the mouth speaketh. Yes, sir. So God's word is important. Because if you heed to it, if you hide it, if you herald it. But lastly, God's word is important when you honor it. Look at verse number 15, Mason. He says this right here. I will meditate on in thy precepts. And have respect, my, 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 and have respect unto thy ways. Anything you respect, you honor. God's word is to be honored. I agree. Go ahead, sir. 
Yeah, I was just looking here. Uh, uh, wanted to bag up a little bit uh, where he talks about declaring uh, all the ju- judgments of thy mouth. Mm-hmm. Or we know another word for judgment would be uh, ordinances, mm-hmm. uh, which basically refers to uh, decisions uh, God has made as being a judge uh, in order to make our earthly behavior uh, conform to his heavenly standards. So he, he wants us to act in a way uh, to where we are examples down here uh, as, as heavenly living or should I say living heavenly lifestyles um, which is very important for us because he's already set the standard for us to live the way that he wants us to live and he says that is in our behavior how 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 are we behaving uh, as children of God let me let me put it like that how are we behaving as children of God you know are we uh, are we living the way that God uh, wants us to live uh, by his word or are we just ones uh, as you say as you said in James James says uh, be not hearers only uh, but be ye doers of the word. Uh, being when you really do God's word, or after listening to God's word, uh, if you're really being a doer, you first of all have to be a hearer but once you're a hearer of God's word you will obey God's word because that's really real hearing Uh, most of us and a lot of us uh, will hear what God's word has to say see he even says that uh that we're supposed to do uh, basically what the spirit says uh, unto the church. And that's what it said. Him that has an ear. Let him hear. Let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches. Okay. So once we hear what the spirit says unto the churches, and the spirit is not going to do anything unless he gets his orders from heaven. So, uh, once we hear what the spirit says into the church uh are we just supposed to hear what the spirit says or do we do what the spirit says to do and if he's if we're hearing it right real obedience comes from what you do after you hear what you hear (laughs) and so if we're not hearing uh the word of god then we're not doing anything there's no, there's no way you can have real hearing without a, a, a response 
that causes you to do. And that's what James is talking about. James said, be uh, doers of the word and not hearers only because the hearing doesn't, doesn't accomplish anything. It's what you do after you hear the word of God. That's why we always say at the beginning of this podcast uh, in our prayer that after we get all of the knowledge, all of the wisdom, all of the understanding of what's being taught, the number one thing after getting the knowledge and the understanding, and, and, and the Bible says in all you're getting, make sure yeah. you get understanding. When you're getting all of this knowledge, make sure you get understanding. Why? So you can do something with the understanding. And the number one thing that God wants us to do with all this knowledge and understanding that we get, he wants us to apply it to our lives. That part. Getting all of this knowledge and having a head full of knowledge and not doing anything with it is not going to benefit us at all. So the number one thing is to do something with that. And that, that thing, that number one thing he wants us to do is to apply it to our lives. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. So tonight we've come to the conclusion and here's my bow tie. I'll let you wrap it up and take us out in prayer. We've come to the conclusion that if God is not interesting to you, it's because you've got other things in front of God. You, you have a whole lot of distractions in your life. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we also came to the conclusion that if you don't spend some time in his word, he won't be interesting to you because you're not developing any type of relationship. Um, like somebody right now somewhere, they're out on a date with somebody they just met a few days ago. They've started going out with each other so they can get to know each other to see if a relationship will develop. Right. Well, God wants a relationship. <laughs> he, he wants that relationship with you. And I promise you, if you shut down some stuff, if you turn some stuff off, if you forsake this, like today God told me, don't do this all day long. And when I shut that off, that allowed me to focus on two other important factors today. And so if we just shut some stuff out, and it's like you said, some of the stuff that we do, there's nothing intrinsically or inherently wrong with it. It's just what we put it in front of. Mm -hmm. You like to say God wants preeminence. <laughs> That's what Matthew said, but seek ye first, the kingdom first of God. Place. That's right. Somebody said rule number one is don't make God number two. That's the first rule. Don't make him number two. Don't put anything before him. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we live in a world now where we're so preoccupied with everything. And even me, sometimes I have to put my phone down because sometimes I got it in my hand too much. It can take your mind off of stuff. Yeah. Sometimes we get caught up in too much insignificant stuff. And so if God is not important to you, 
it's because his word is not important to you. His word is important in that it will cause you to draw closer to God the more you get into his word. The more of his words you get into and you heed and you hide and you herald and you honor, the closer you'll get to God. But, you know, I challenged, I didn't challenge, I did a Bible study the other night, well, last week. And I, I, I suggested to the church, I said, hey, I know most of us use our cell phones and things. I said, but bring your Bible this coming Sunday. Something about opening that book and turning pages instead of everybody just scrolling. I see a lot of people do that because they still don't know where the books of the Bible are. Right. It's something people been in church 20, 30, 40 years and still don't know what Obadiah is or still don't know that Mark is the second book of the New Testament. I mean, if, if you in the book of Revelation looking for Genesis, you need to shut everything down and just pick up your Bible for about a week or so. But if God's word, if God is not important to you, then his word is not important to you. Right. Because you find God in his word. And all of us that don't know God, and I'm not saying everybody, let me rephrase that. All of you that don't know God, because I know him to a point. I don't know everything about him, but I'm, I have a relationship with him. Right. For those of you who are void of a relationship with God, you've got to turn some stuff off. And you've got to let him become Uh, looks like we have some technical difficulties here. Uh, Reverend Tillman seems to be frozen right now. I uh, don't know exactly what happened, uh, but he's uh, not saying anything. Uh, but uh, I'll pick this up. And hopefully he can join us. <laughs> hopefully he can join us. I think he lost the connection. Uh, we were having those problems earlier uh, as we tried to get started here uh, with tonight's podcast. So um, we're here in the book of Psalms 119, and we're trying to put a bow tie on this and finish this for the night. And uh, one of the things that I would say is that one of the things that we have to do is we need to let the word uh, be uh, exactly what God meant for it to be in our lives. And that is to clean us up. Uh, no matter whatever else we might use uh, to try to clean our lives up uh, on our own efforts, uh, we'll never be able to do that because God has one specific way for that to be done. And that is through his word. Um, so if we're struggling in certain areas of life and 
we are trying to maintain uh, certain lifestyles and, and that is according uh, to God the way he wants us to uh, to live then it's going to be the word of God that helps us to to get that way uh, and, you know and a lot of times we have to think too uh, when people first accept Christ as Lord and Savior see we, we, we know they've been cleansed we already know that we know they've been cleansed because uh, we, we sing the song that's so popular what can wash away our sins and that's nothing but the blood of Jesus you know what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oppressors is the flow that makes me white as snow you know it's, it's nothing but the blood of Jesus so we know we can be cleansed through Jesus's blood but that's only the beginning or should we say that's the first washing right there uh, and the rest of that comes with the uh, the cleansing of God's word and so the more word we get the cleaner we get uh, it's, it's like uh, when you're trying to purify gold and you're trying to purify silver uh, the Bible talks about gold, silver, and precious stones, you know, diamonds and rubies. And things. Uh, when they're trying to clean these different items or these different resources there, uh, the more heat that the uh, purifier puts to it, then the cleaner it gets. And so uh, when we look at ourselves, the only solution to us is getting cleansed and it's like a daily uh, on a daily basis when we're getting cleansed it requires the more uh, more of God's word so much so you can't go wrong with getting more of God's word the more word you get the cleaner you'll get <laughs> and that's of us who know that we're dirty. Say, if we don't think we're dirty, then we, we're not going to care about getting God's word <laughs> and let it do what it does as far as cleanness. But if we really need, know that we need God's word in order to be all that we can be, or should I say, all that God wants us to be. Amen. Amen. Sorry, bro. can you see me, Mason? I can. Uh, we're back. Um, don't know what's going on. <clears throat> Been trouble getting on, trouble staying on. Don't know what I was saying before I got kicked off, but I will say this, and thanks, Mason, for continuing. <clears throat> I will say this right here, and I'll wrap this up. It will say, God's word has a cleaning effect, but you must get into the word <clears throat> before it can become effective in your life. That's right. Obey God's word. And he'll keep you clean in a dirty world. <coughs> so we thank you all for joining us on tonight. I do apologize about the trouble getting on and then being kicked off. But hopefully and prayerfully, we've said something that will help someone along the way. Mason, if you would take us out in prayer, sir. Father, again, we thank you for another podcast, Father. We thank you for your word, for it is spiritual food to our souls, and not only just food, Lord, it is spiritual detergent for our souls, Father. 
Uh, you said it's by your word, Lord, that a young man is cleansed, Father. Yes, Lord. And we know, Lord, that we need your word to cleanse us each and every day, Father, no matter how old we are, no matter how righteous we think we are, Father. Yes, sir. Our word will always show us who we are. And knowing that it's going to be by your word, Lord, as David would say, uh, your word have I hid in my heart. Your word have I stored up in my heart that I might not sin against you, Father. Father, there's nothing that we want to do that causes us to sin against you. I remember Joseph and uh, Potiphar's wife. He said, how can I commit such a great sin against you, O God? So, Father, we want to live our lives in a way that's pleasing to you. So help us, Father to get more into your word, Father, because the more of your word that we get into, Father, then the less sin we will commit. Uh, I remember Charles Spurgeon who said, this book, hmm. talking about the Bible, will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book. My God. So, Father, we, we need your word today in order for us to to live the type of life that you want us to live as Christians, as believers in you, Father. So, Lord, help us in the way that uh, you help us in. And, and that's uh, giving us that hunger and thirst for your word. And, Father, we know that if we get the word in us, Father, then we're yes. much more uh, capable of teaching your word to others, Father. So help us, Lord, to be those Christians that you would have us to be in these last and evil days, Father. And we thank you for it right now. Thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Mason, one quick thing. Um, okay. um that where it says whereas a young where a young man might cleanse his ways, that does not just mean for a young person. That's a young man, young woman, older person, boy, girl, or whoever. Exactly. So just doesn't think that the word of God it's beneficial for a young man cleaning his word, his his ways, but it's beneficial to all of us cleansing his ways. Again, thank you for joining in with us on tonight. Again, we do apologize about the technical difficulties, the internet going out, things of that nature. But we again we trust, hope, and pray that somebody receives something from the word on tonight. So until we meet again, God bless you, God keep you, may heaven smile upon you. Also be praying for myself. Next Thursday, I will be having surgery, so keep us lifted up in prayer. Um, podcast will go on. Amen. Keep us lifted up in prayer. Until we meet again, God keep you, and may heaven smile upon you. Good night. Amen.